going on, family? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB, Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you had an amazing weekend. That's certainly my hope and prayer, and that uh, your week is off to a great start. As always, thank you so much for your continued support of all things connected to The Faction. We really, really appreciate it. It means a lot. Shout out to everybody who joins us on the socials at the faction show on instagram facebook and twitter big shouts also to you who are subscribed to our podcast from around the world thank you so much it's something that we do not take for granted all right i want to jump right in because there's a lot to talk about and today i specifically well before i get to what i really plan to talk about i do want to give you a quick update on this weekend shw still here Three, technically SHW 32, the three-year anniversary show for Southern Honor Wrestling. I can't wait for it to hit IWTV. It's one of the best shows we've ever had. Double cage, two rings, one cage, six men for the SHW championship. The introductory war chamber, which let me be clear, it is very different than war games. There's some similarities, but some major differences. And one of the differences, I'll just tell you up front, is that you had two rings. One ring had ropes. The other ring did not. And that really came into play in the event. A huge night. I will go ahead and congratulate Owen Knight, who is the new SHW champion. He defeated the other five competitors by finally pinning the former champion, David Ali, who spent 301 days as the SHW champion. This was historic on so many levels. So you definitely want to go back and check it out. We've got pictures available, of course, at the Facebook page for Southern Honor Wrestling, facebook.com slash Southern Honor Wrestling. But by all means, subscribe now to IWTV if you've not done so. You'll want to watch how all of this plays out and hear us on commentary as well. There was also an incredible Samoan strap match between Rekka Tahaka and Danny Jordan that literally lit the place on fire. It was incredible. One of the most brutal female matches I've ever had the opportunity to witness, let alone call. So a great, great time. We'll talk more about this uh, in the future, I'm sure. But definitely be on the lookout for SHW Still Here 3 when it hits IWTV, which I believe will happen at some point during this week. So be on the lookout for that. Speaking of those incredible women, today I want to take some time to focus on women's wrestling. Over the weekend was a big, big pay-per-view event coming from Impact Wrestling called Knockout Knockdown. It's the first time they've done this in a few years, but it's not the first time that they've had this particular pay-per-view, an all-female pay-per-view, which culminated with two big things. First of all, there was a big knockouts tournament that happened, an eight-woman single-night elimination tournament that took place that would determine the new number one contender for the knockouts women's championship in impact and that was won by the one and only mercedes martinez which has not yet been signed to impact wrestling uh yet she's a legend we saw her of course put in great work at nxt she's done some work in aew she's been all over the place shimmer etc etc we even saw her in the nwa really good things for mercedes martinez excited to see her on the impact platform 
I'm intrigued to see what she'll be able to offer. Obviously, lots of experience, uh, a pretty deep talent roster there on impact for the women's division. She would ultimately defeat Tasha Steeles in the finals, which I thought was a great, great match, a great tournament overall. Secondly, the entire night was dedicated to the memory of Daphne, and Daphne made such a huge impact in Impact Wrestling. It made sense. Now, with that said, and and I'm going to spend a few moments on this and a few other things connected to women's wrestling. First and foremost, I found it interesting that this pay-per-view was the only pay-per-view, the only televised event across all of these promotions that actually spent time talking about Daphne, that actually dedicated this to Daphne. Part of me thinks that AEW and WWE did not. Well, first of all, she really didn't spend any time in WWE. So I sort of understand it. But I think the larger issue, and obviously she didn't spend time in AEW, but the larger issue here is I think that the larger companies wanted to stay away from the reasons for her passing, right? So if you pass from an illness or of natural causes or even like a freak accident, right? I think it's much easier to broach that subject versus the subject of mental health in pro wrestling. I think what Impact Wrestling did from the start of the show to the end of the show really honored her well but it also raised a larger issue, which they actually spent some time to talk about, which is mental health in professional wrestling. It's something we don't hear talked about very much, but it is certainly a thing. I mean, think about this. There's a certain level of aggression and emotional space that you have to be in to willingly put your body on the line night in and night out for the enjoyment of others so that's a whole different thought process plus you add injuries the opportunity for concussions you know etc etc and the fact that it's kind of one of those jobs that you know is like some other jobs you are almost always permanently a wrestler And if you're not a wrestler, it has been very difficult, like it is for most athletes, to transition out of this sport and into some other way of life. We've seen the challenge in football. We've seen the challenge in baseball and in basketball, but really more so in football and basketball in those sports that are super popular that give a particular individual or athlete the opportunity to become a star, a recognizable star that can certainly live off of the accolades of the people, the applause of the people, the perks and opportunities that come with celebrity. It's hard to step away from that and go into anonymity. So yeah, that's something big and we've yet to see people talk about it, but I think there's a brand new initiative happening. It's called hashtag tag me in, which is designed to really give pro wrestlers and those connected to that space an opportunity to address their mental health issues, to address suicide prevention, All of those things I think are of extreme importance. And so I congratulate Impact Wrestling for their willingness 
to do this. It was a big, massive move. A lot of great people contributed, including folks from AEW and other legends as well. So big congratulations to them. Special congratulations also goes out to Awesome Kong, who was announced over the weekend as the newest inductee into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame. Now, the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame doesn't have a lot of folks in it, and they haven't been doing the Hall of Fame nearly as long as the WWE has, but it is certainly a massive honor she's one of only a handful of women actually in the impact wrestling hall of fame and you want to talk about somebody that's deserving you want to talk about a trailblazer and someone who really paved the way for what we consider to be the women's evolution and revolution when we get back i want to talk a bit about that and perhaps talk about the unsung heroes when it comes to women's wrestling that's happening when we return I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content, but that I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How do we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. Lord, a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win, Okay, guys, so certainly if you haven't done so, check out the SHW documentary. It's called Hold Your Fork. It is available on Facebook, facebook.com slash Southern Honor Wrestling. It's available on our YouTube page. If you look up Southern Honor Wrestling, you will find it. Or if you have IWTV, you can check it out on IWTV as well. It is there with our entire lineup. Really excited about that. Now then, back to women's wrestling, because I think as I watched this paper, 
pay-per-view, it made me think of a couple of things. Before I mention that, let me tell you the other big ticket news item, and that is the Inspiration, formerly known as the Iconics, are coming to Impact Wrestling, and they will be at Impact Wrestling at the Bound for Glory pay-per-view on October the 23rd, which is about a week and a half away. So that should be really, really interesting to see how they fit in to the culture of Impact Wrestling and their women's division. Now then, let's have a conversation about women's wrestling. Let's talk about whether or not the WWE really is in the forefront of women's wrestling and women's evolution and the women's revolution. Before the WWE coined the term, which became popular in 2015-2016, Impact Wrestling was giving us incredible, serious women's matches all the way back in 2008 and 2009 with Gail Kim and Awesome Kong. It is unfortunate that they are left out of the conversation when we're talking about women's wrestling, particularly because WWE, and not to bash them, but because WWE is the largest wrestling platform in the business, when they start talking, people hear it louder. But the reality of it is we don't see a women's evolution or women's revolution without what Impact Wrestling did. And I think Impact Wrestling really was the start of that. If you think about it in WWE, we didn't have very many serious matches circa 2007, 2008, although you could argue that some of the things that Trish Stratus and Lita were doing were of significance, but one match doesn't make an evolution. One match doesn't make a revolution. I do believe that the Impact Knockouts division took women's wrestling far more seriously than any other organization at that particular time. Think about it. Back in 2008, 2009, Ring of Honor didn't have a women's division. There really wasn't much of a national promotion that could offer competition to WWE. Their women's championship was not regarded as serious. So, You got to give some love to Impact Wrestling. Let's also take a look at this. Let's move away from the terminology women's evolution or revolution. And let's look at where we are in 2021 in the world of pro wrestling, right? So the WWE who coined the phrase women's evolution, women's revolution, they've made some changes. They've stopped calling women's wrestlers divas. They are now referred to superstars in the same way that men are. We've now seen two WrestleManias that have had female main events, which I think is significant. We did have one full women's pay-per-view in Evolution back in 2018, which I think many of us thought, okay, this is going to be the moment now where women's wrestling in WWE will take on the same level of weight as men's wrestling in WWE. However, we've not seen a second version of Evolution. There's not been a follow-up to that pay-per-view. We've seen some interesting moments in the women's division. Certainly, I think there are some real stars being birthed there. We've seen the rise of Becky Lynch. We have seen the, the rise of Sasha Banks. We've seen the rise of Bailey, of course, Charlotte Flair. But now, you can say there's the rise of Bianca Belair, which I think having Bianca Belair as a major star in the WWE, be it male or female, is of great significance. She is the first women's wrestler to really be considered a mega star outside of the NXT Four Horsewomen. 
and outside of Ronda Rousey, who really became a star outside of WWE. Outside of those five or six women, who else can really be considered a major contender in the WWE? We can't count Natalia and Tamina, and I don't want to besmirch them. They are fantastic wrestlers who have a second generation pedigree. The however and comma, and certainly in Natalia's case, really a third generation pedigree, but the however and comma is they've not reached superstardom. Yes, they've held the tag team championships, but outside of that, where's the the real strength of the women's division in WWE? Now, you could argue that the strength of that division is where the strength of women's wrestling has been in the WWE, and that has been in NXT. If you look at the matches that NXT has produced and the star power that NXT has had, from Candice LeRae to Io Shirai to Dakota Kai and the rising Raquel Gonzalez, who's the current NXT women's champion, let's think about the fact that we had two war games matches for females, which is a major, major move. But that happened in NXT. That didn't happen on Raw or SmackDown. Certainly, we've had some Hell in a Cell matches, which were all great. But I don't know if we can say that WWE has really placed a premium on women's wrestling outside of the movement of the women's evolution or revolution. Now, with that said... Let's look at AEW, who certainly, I think, has a budding women's division. And I don't know that AEW fully should be in the conversation only because their women's division is growing. Now, why I'll include them in the conversation is because their women's champion, Britt Baker, is as big of a star in AEW as any other male wrestler. We've seen several instances where AEW has placed women's wrestling on the same tier as men's wrestling. Think about just a couple of weeks ago with the massive show that they had uh, in New York City, the Dynamite Grand Slam show, which many felt like the main event should have been Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega. Instead, that match kicked things off and the Women's World Championship match between Ruby Soho and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, was the main event right they're building new stars in AEW we're seeing the rise of Jade Cargill we're finally starting to see some other experienced folks there and again some things take time but I will say that AEW has a very clear focus on the women's division I think Impact Wrestling has been forgotten in this conversation but they really need to be trailblazers in this conversation because again what they did with the women's division going back to Awesome Kong and Gail Kim. We've also seen a number of incredible stars birth there. Madison Rain, Chelsea Green really cut her teeth there in Impact Wrestling. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo, who right now is leading the charge. We don't talk about Tessa Blanchard much for some obvious reasons, but Tessa Blanchard had a great run becoming the first female to hold the men's World Heavyweight Championship there. Some real big moment, and I think they have continued to cultivate the women's division. We don't get into promotions like Shimmer and things like that who have been very, very important to women's wrestling. A lot of the major stars that you see these days have all cut their teeth in Shimmer in some way, shape, or form. 
We don't talk about the Japanese influence on the women's division, be it Asuka or Io Shirai or Hikaru Shida or Riho, but there's been great influence. All in all, I think women's wrestling is incredibly healthy. It's incredibly strong. And here's our real challenge. Is the focus on women's wrestling really quantified by having all female pay-per-views like we've seen in the NWA with NWA Empower or like we saw this weekend with the Knockouts Knockdown pay-per-view which by the way originated in like 2013 so again they were ahead of their time before WWE or NWA or Ring of Honor was doing an all-female pay-per-view it was Impact Wrestling so we have to consider that. So my question to you is, what does the proper focus on women's wrestling look like? Does it look like what perhaps WWE has been doing by not having an all-female pay-per-view, but instead by having a women's Queen's Cup type of situation to mirror the King of the Ring? Is it by having women regularly main event Raw, SmackDown, and pay-per-views in a way where it's not saying the first time, the first time, the first time? Is it that they have put in their mind women's wrestling on an equivalent scale to men's wrestling? That's a great question. Is it the fact that we can look at Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch in a tag team match as a big time main event? Is it that we can look at in Crown Jewel something like Sasha Becky and Bianca as a triple threat as a serious main event. Is that what it looks like to make women's wrestling great? Or is it what NWA and Impact has done by creating separate women's pay-per-views, which I still think is very powerful to do? Is it what AEW has done by, you know, making their women's world championship uh, as valuable as the men's world championship? The question is, what does successful women's wrestling look like in these promotions? Is it all of the above or is it neither? Should the NXT Women's Championship and the NXT Women's Division really be elevating this conversation? And is it acceptable when you take NXT and put it back in a developmental state to still call their women's division the best in the business? I think that's a conversation worth having that I'd like to hear your thoughts about. So hit us up on the socials at The Faction and let us know what you think about women's wrestling. The next time we get together, we're going to talk about what happened on Monday Night Raw last night. We'll give you our thoughts on the King of the Ring and the Queen's Cup tournament. And we'll start getting you ready for some of the other things happening this week. Of course, NXT's happening tonight. Remember that Wednesday night will now be hockey night for a little bit. So... AEW will be having Rampage, of course, on Friday, Dynamite on Saturday this week. Both are live shows, so that should be interesting. We'll get into all of that throughout the week and Crown Jewel, etc., etc., etc. So hit us up again at The Faction Show. Let us know your thoughts. With that said, I want you to have an amazing day. And representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray, my name is GB Gerard Bonner. And this is the faction. I need my pain.